Welcome back once again to the Pre-Game Effect Podcast. As always, my name is Ian, and I'm joined by both Dom and Luke. How's it going, fellas? Yo, yo. It's going good. How you doing? Doing all right. Had uh, had a very not magic-filled weekend last week, and it was uh, it was pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. Um, went down to Columbus for family wedding, and... Oh, I was feeling it on Monday, let alone on Sunday. <laughs> it was my one of the featured cocktails for the event was uh, Grandpa Ross special, uh, which was just a double bourbon on the rocks. My dad and I both had six. Well, you know, that happens. Yeah, sounds like a good start to the evening. <laughs> but we were doing we were doing fine though, until the. After party went to the Hofbrau house next door, and then we started drinking leaders. That'll do. Well, it. Yeah, you know. It, uh, it, do you remember everything? We'll go with that. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you been up to, Luke? Uh, I actually had a magic related weekend for the first time in quite a while. Oh yeah. It was like a roll LGS, played in the uh, um, RCQ. Uh, this is where the roll swap ends. Scrubbed out real fast. Uh, went one and three. My only match win was when my opponent just didn't show up in round three. He probably forgot to tell them he was dropping and just left. Oops. <clears throat> that shit is like hella annoying. Oh yeah. Like, I mean it was I remember at uh Buffalo Chicken Dip. Someone didn't do that. And then like the judges got on the like the speaker and was like, Yeah, if you don't want to play anymore, like your opponents probably still want to. Like so remember to hit the drop button, you know, mm-hmm. like we understand stuff happens, but like don't be salty enough to just leave yeah, because yeah, you have to remember, yeah. if you're sitting at like X3 and you're dead for prize, so is your opponent. The only reason they are still in the event is because they want to still play Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was at 0-2 and, and a 28-person tournament defending the top eight. 0-2 is not getting in. No. Yeah. But I wanted to play another round or two, and uh, yeah, that kind of sucked. Yeah. Um I should I I think I should have won round one. Um I may have had the combo and just messed it up. But talking to you Ian a little bit afterwards made it sound like maybe I didn't quite have enough. Mm. But I could have gone a different route, maybe. Yeah, and for for reference, you were playing the um, I was saying you're 75. Yeah, same 75 mono green that I played at the uh, the last RCQ I went to. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna ditch forest and just go back to playing mountains. That's fair. fair. Ian took all the, uh, the winning off of those cards. That was the problem. I mean, I yeah, hope exactly. not all of the winning because I still plan on using those in Atlanta. Fair. 
Yeah, after uh, after Monday, it looks like you're still probably going to be in the clear. Oh, yeah. But we'll get to that later. Dun, dun, dun. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all about that's that's about it for me. Um, Dom, how was your weekend? Well, uh, we we like of course we chat before this, and I'm sitting here like I feel like I did so many goddamn things <clears throat> and it's only been like two weeks before sure, since we uh last got together and recorded Boy, like, uh, he did a lot of goddamn things yeah so obviously we did buffalo chicken dip uh we'll get into that a little later this past weekend though i went with a couple of friends back to gen con uh in indianapolis this is my second year going um, I went with another veteran that has been going for years, and then we took three newbies with us. Um, it was an absolute blast. I had so much fun, uh, a lot of memories, a lot of laughs, legitimately going home that my feet are aching my feet are tired you know my back might hurt a little bit and my my mouth my cheeks just hurt from laughing so much at the ridiculousness that was going on in certain situations um it's just a fantastic time I, I can't you know can't say it enough that if if you're into board games and tabletop rpgs and things of that that matter that nature and you're okay with big crowds that's the big thing you got to be okay with crowds if you can go at some point absolutely do it it's legitimately like no other thing that i've ever i've ever been a part of I, i we talk about it we go to magic events all the damn time there's magic events like that happening at this thing that I don't even touch. I brought a few magic cards to get signed. And I bought one because I couldn't find it up here before leaving. And that was it. That was the only magic cards that I touched. Um, It's just super, it's super fucking fun. Like, I'm just, I'm going to, like I said, told you guys before, I'm going to try not to like gush too much about it. Um, but in the four days, we played two different RPG sets. One was loosely based on, um, like, kind of Sailor Moon-esque stuff. I think it was called, like, Glitter Girls or something something along that, that line, which, like, sounds really out there, but it was like someone in our group wanted to do it. It was like, sign me up for whatever. This is fine. Yeah, you're and there to try new things. <clears throat> exactly. That turned into, we literally got to play it, our group of five and a GM just running the game. And that turned into us having our like known identities. We were all, we all worked in a school. So my one buddy was the principal who thought everyone liked him, but actually everyone like kind of disliked him. And then when one buddy's girlfriend was the art teacher and then my other friend was the lunch lady. And then my buddy and I were the janitors 
and our names were Junior and Dale. And then when we transformed, it was Pa Tucket and Merle Lynn. And we talked with fake accents the entire time, the entire four hours, and rolled dice that were terrible at times, but hilarious at others. And that's Which is how we, they're supposed to be. That's how we started. You know, it was one of those things where, like, this is where we go. We start, and then we go from there. Um, it... You know, it, that was, it was fucking hilarious, man. Um, I'm sure I, I got to do a learn to play with Lorcana. So before going, I actually watched like a seven minute video and started looking up things and was like, yeah, this could be dangerous because this looks pretty fun and it's not the hyper competitive, at least now that magic is in my eyes. Um, it's it's a totally different game. You know, it was super cool getting a lot of uh, there's similarities from different card games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're invested in a TCG already, I'm sure. Like, if we follow people, we understand there was a whole shitstorm of trying to get Lorcana product this entire weekend. Because um, yeah, this is like the early release, basically. Yeah. So basically, this is exactly that. This is the early release. The first time people are getting their hands on cards minus the D23 cards that they had. Which then has already only, been two years at this point. Yeah. There was already a few. There was only a few of those. <clears throat> so then this is finally like full decks and all this shit. So it was uh trying to get all that stuff and then lgs's are supposed to get them a week and a half from now and then two weeks after that big box stores are supposed to get them so again this is the first time we're seeing we're having these cards in our hands all this stuff um it was a clusterfuck that first day we lined up i had everyone um trying to help me get some stuff just to try and you know cast a wide net and see what sticks, you know. Um, and there was two doors that the hall ent- opened up to, and the Ravensburger b- uh, booth was in the middle, and we chose the wrong one. Um, there was a line set up. Like, people started a line, and then we had gotten into there, and then the staff came through and was like, yeah, there's no line. Like, we don't do lines here. Okay, cool. So we're just standing there, and then that literally was the reason it turned into a clusterfuck. Then after that, I I had messaged the group kind of saying, I remember talking to Ian too, like, yeah, it was it was just a shit show, but really we stood in line for two hours, but the doors didn't open yet, so we were gonna be waiting there anyway. So it barely so we counts. Really, yeah, like we only wasted, and I'll put that in quotes, like 20, 25 minutes waiting in the non-existent line here. Um, So once that was done, it was like, okay, well, let's find the other stuff that's going to sell out and buy that stuff that we want now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was able to get my Marvel, or excuse me, uh, the Matrix Legendary. Which which, I cannot wait to play. Yeah, I I play-tested it last Gen Con, and it finally released at this one. It was a blast. Uh, So I grabbed that. Went and got some exclusive Dragon Shield uh, sleeves. Uh, the one ring play mats. I was going to grab one. 
nothing said that they were limited and all this, and but I decided not to. And then we had went gone to our event, stuff like that. They had to start, or they let people start lining up for Larkana on Friday. Uh, for the hall to open Friday at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Because it was so much of a clusterfuck. Holy yeah. God. And I saw yeah, that. So, so 16 hours in advance. Yeah. Well, because it was a thing where I, I had talked to, I remember talking to Ian, like, yeah, it was a shit show. Like, they're going to have to step in and do something because it was a cluster. Like, it, there was there was no great way that that worked, you know? And once I saw that, I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm not, I'm not sitting around, you know, there was a thought that, um, our buddy Joe was with us and he had to work in the morning, but he was going to go into work at like five 30. There was a thought that when you go in, drop me off and I'll get in line just to confirm that I can get some stuff, you know? <laughs> but I was like, you know, I'm not going to stress over it. This is a vacation. Let's chill with it. You know? If we get there early for our parking spot and we can hop in line and we get some cool, if not, I, I'm not going to sweat it anymore. Um, we got there the next day around eight, the doors open to the exhibit hall at 10. So we sat around for two hours. The line went through the convention center. They had some breaks in it so that people can cross through and it wrapped all the way through the convention center and outside so we ended up sitting outside for two hours, but I waited that we were in the shade for the entire time. Um, so for that time, we waited four hours, a little over four hours, and we actually got product, which was awesome. Um, me and my buddy got the last uh, starter decks that they had for allocated that day. So that was super dope. Um, so just to get that stuff and then be able to do my learn to play uh, event and actually like sit down and play with the cards. That was super dope. Um, that like, that was cool. We did another RPG where we played as Pokemon and it was in Lucas oil stadium. So which is just like all those I, words I, combined is just right? awesome. Yeah. I, so I have my, the magic Carp hat where it looks like it's like trying to eat my head. So I just, I was like, oh yeah, we're heading to that. Cool. I pull that out of my backpack, throw it on. And I just start walking through. And when I put that on my head, I'm, I'm close to seven foot with that hat on. Just walking <laughs> like as confident as I've ever been. Like, here we go to the stadium. You know, this is what we're doing. Guess what I'm doors. going to do. Yeah. Um, that was fun. It, it was cool. It was just like a different version kind of on uh, 5e. And we actually, uh, are taking that and we're going to try and like improve it and make some house rules and stuff to it. Cause I do think that would be a fun time. Um, so that, and I got to play test the star Wars unlimited game, which launches next year. Um, that was pretty cool. That one was different. Again, it was kind of like you have a commander, but also a base, and your goal is to destroy your enemy's base that has like 30 points. So it was, uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, some things I could definitely see needing worked on. Vader was extremely overpowered, but like it makes sense. But also it was like, oh, well, Luke costs less 
Vader costs more, so it's okay that Vader's like higher powered. I understand that. That makes sense. But then they let the Empire like ramp. So my opponent got his Vader out two turns before I could get my Luke out. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, like, one might cost seven, one might cost five, but when you're casting the seven on three, yeah, it doesn't matter. It was, it was like, I, I was like, okay, well, that's kind of fucked up, but whatever. Um, but that was super fun, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, shit, I'll have a little bit of time before, uh, before getting that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that was, it was a great weekend, Trying out Lorcana was cool. Like I, I know there's it could be a bitch to get some product, but like I don't know. I, I think it's fun. It's it's in, it's definitely interesting. Like some cards can be used for ink, which is like your mana. Some cards can't. Um, so there's not really gonna be a problem of like being mana screwed or anything. Like you <laughs> might just have to ink some of your cards that you would might want to use later. Um, but I, I think it's going to be cool. I think the, the idea of it is to race to 20 lore counters. So instead of like magic where I win because I reduced my opponent's, um, life total to zero, it's I won because I got to 20. So it's like kind of already built for multiplayer, which is interesting. Like, I guess there were some people saying they played like an eight person game, which first off sounds like absolute hell, but any, any eight person card game sounds like hell. Because in commander, especially you are a special kind of degenerate. Now the, the difference with that is the fact that like, if you play an eight person game of commander and you go eighth, you could be dead before your turn comes around because they could mm-hmm. knock you, something could happen and you get knocked out. Yeah. Where with this, you're not going to get knocked out. Someone's just going to win, and you guys can shuffle up and start playing this next game. Yeah, you don't start. You don't start with losers from the back. You just start with a winner, and then you're done. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I, I kind of like that aspect of it. So that's where I feel, at least right now. Um, I mean, I haven't looked at all the other decks. I, I just have like the starter decks sleeved that I want to jam with a little more. Um, we'll, well see. Again, luckily I, for you, on Friday this week, I want you to teach me how to play Lurkana. Sure. So you will have plenty of time to jam. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm down. Same. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's cool. I think, you know, not to turn this into a Lurkana thing, but like that was the big thing I did. They they estimated it was over seventy thousand people. Which, uh, to put it in perspective, for people who have gone to like Star Cities and, and, and like energy events, like a big Star City is twenty five hundred, three thousand people. Yeah, yeah, seventy thousand. I mean, a little was, bit more. This shit was not. And I'll tell you another thing too. What fucking blew my mind is that. Um, Within that that amount of people, I saw like five people that I I know out like I just know them like we uh, friend of the show Dan Becker. I saw I saw them out there. I was walking to get to one thing, and I just hear "Hey Dom," and I look, oh shit, there we go. He start chatting with them. Like, <laughs> you guys in magic stuff? Yeah, we're doing this. Hey, well, oh, well, good luck. We're heading to this. Okay, cool. You know, um, 
Yeah, there, there was some people I've I've helped at a kind of a local store to help sorting cards. And you, you know, when you're sorting cards, you're sitting there, you're bullshitting, you're sharing your life stories and stuff. I, there was someone down from there that I met up with. Like they saw me, like while I was walking through the magic area, and I just hear, "Hey, dog!" And also, what I'm finding out is that I, I stick out like a sore thumb in these events, even especially more. when you're a seven foot tall magic carp. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but it, it was just super cool to like, there was a handful of people. One of our, um, one of the guys that we've been dealing with for years, he started his store in quotes out of trading cards out of his backpack at Star City events. He's out, he's up in Detroit. We're stopped at a booth so my friend can buy uh, Horizon Zero Dawn expansions. And my our buddy Joe hears our friend's voice, turns around, hey Josh. I turn around, I'm like, no fucking way. There's our buddy Josh from Detroit. They're like, there's no, that's insane. Like it was just so cool to see like the the group of people it brought together and randomly see these people. Cause like the exhibit hall was huge. It took me all day Saturday. And into Sunday to see all the booths there is how, how big this area is, is what I'm, I'm trying to put together for people with that many people, all this shit. Like, so to see all the people that I saw, it was, it was awesome. It was super fun. Um, also people stole like $300,000 worth of magic cards, which was fucking crazy. Was it? Yeah. It was not me. Like oh, okay. Ravensburger had to come out and say, like, it wasn't our product. And people were like, well, why would it matter what card game? Well, because people are like trampling over people to get this this shit. But yeah, there were people who went to Gen Con just to get the Lorcana stuff. It was wild. And like, it sucks. Like, I, um, I obviously I don't like condone that, but like the balls on these people. Because right. there's pictures clear as day, them just walking up getting a pallet jack and kind of just walking around with it. Now, the now I always got to talk about the memes with whatever's going on. Someone redid um, the Dragon Heist meme with and just put their picture of them walking out with this, and I was like, that's fucking fantastic. Yep. That was really good. So that was, uh, that was an interesting talking point from there, but that is, uh, that's pretty much my gen con experience this past year it's amazing what you can do just with confidence absolutely yeah Yeah. like you talk about like there's like jokes but like if you wear like a high vis jacket you know well everyone's gonna see you but everyone's gonna see you and if you're just confident like you probably do like whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. high vis (laughs) jacket uh a clipboard and the yeah. attitude of I belong here right? can yeah. get you into pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, there was some clip or something I saw where these two guys walked around with a hard hat, high-vis jackets, and then they carried like a 12-foot ladder. And they just walked into the movie theaters and like were able to sit down and watch movies yeah. <laughs> holding this big-ass ladder. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because who's going to sneak in with a ladder? Right? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. no one's going to do Hiding that. Hiding in plain so. sight. But that was um, that was that this weekend. Uh, obviously, then the weekend before that, we a couple of us went down to um, Columbus to the brewery down there. And uh, what was the brewery again? Brewdog. 
Brew dog, yeah. I found out. So here's my thing. I found out they had margaritas when we were leaving, and I was like, this would have been a whole different day if I would have <laughs> knew that was a thing. But we went down there for it's the. Probably uh, better that you didn't know. I mean, that's probably fair. Um. See, we went down, played some Legacy. Um, like we talked about, I played Lands. Um, and the day didn't start off great. Uh, I got my ass kicked by Black White Initiative and misplayed and was like, here we go. And I stuck with it and fought to get eighth, 18th, excuse me. Uh, so that was dope. Like, trying to get back into it and not really giving up. So yeah, it was a solid show into that five and two. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was wild. There was definitely like the one match. It was annoying. I lost against white blue X staff and I like should win those grinding matchups, but I had gone like 31 32 cards deep in my deck and had only found one exploration in zero urza sagas and like no matter what we say now lands is a saga's deck yes 100 it's just unless you're playing eight mulch lands is a saga deck because every time i saw it i felt way more confident was just like yeah this i can win this game and literally, that was the only game that I didn't find it. And that was the game that I lost. Then we went to sideboards, and I just wasn't able to capitalize on anything. So, mm-hmm. um, but like, besides that, like, the deck did what it did. You know, I, I'm, did I really miss red? Maybe a little bit here and there, but like, the white felt fine. Um, I mean, the one match I played against, like, the four color legendary, five color legendary pile, whatever the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. And this was in sideboard. I miss, I misjudged <laughs> what it was in game one. I thought it was another staff. So I boarded out Caracas, Bogs, all this shit. And then I find out that it's legendary. And I'm like, oh shit, this sucks. You know, no, no Caracas, no Bog. Your opponent yeah. plays Euro on turn two. It's like, oh, we're dead. Um, my opponent attacked with Euro seven times. Uh, they had surgicaled my life from the loams, wastelands, and thespian stages, and I still won Ooh. the game. Urza oh, saga, hell of a card. Yeah, it was nuts. Like it was, it was pretty good. insane. Because I remember telling going to Ian after that round, and I said that, and he goes, "Oh yeah, like Caracas is a hell of a thing." I said, "I boarded it out." I didn't know what it was. It was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no. <laughs> I, just, I I beat him too fast in game one. I made mm-hmm. a 20 20 on like turn three. And he was like, all right, yeah, cool, done. I saw like a cantrip or two and three colors. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh yeah, I mean it was it was dope, like a little annoying to come up that, you know, so close to it, but like that's the best showing I've had in a chicken dip event. And besides that, the last legacy event I did that did that well, I think it was like 20 something, 22 maybe in like a star city. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ended with a sour taste. But I mean, it felt great. It felt good to get out there. I had a blast being around people. Like I didn't, I didn't have any like asshole opponents. I literally, one of my opponents, uh, 
I'd be doomsday again. I don't know how I keep doing that. You're um, not supposed to do that. It was insane. Yeah. Um, they resolved doomsday both games and I still won. Which normally how you steal that matchup as land is you just don't let them cast Doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to do the math on that and it just does it doesn't math. It doesn't add up. No. Yeah. It was I mean, it was like some like silly things of they go for it, okay. And I'm able to crop rotate one of my lands to get a wasteland to hit their land. And then cast Life from the Loam to bring back Wasteland and a Ghost Quarter, play Wasteland for turn, play Ghost Quarter. And they said the Ghost Quarter is what got them. It's because they had a base, they had a basic out there. And I was mm-hmm. like, cool, it works for me, you know. You uh, but they had all their cards signed, and now we were sitting there just gushing over each other's like signed, you know, <laughs> stuff that we were trying to get. So that was super dope. Food was great, atmosphere was great. Um, if you're in the area at all or want to travel to play legacy you got to come out to one of these events josh uh, you know they, they just do rob does such a good event um the area was fantastic i mean the judges were great like there was people from what toronto yeah my like, round two opponent group. was from toronto yeah there was a whole group i remember playing against one of those guys at, at that star city event mm-hmm. and it was like i i catching up with him like you know friends that we we've reconnected you know it was just so cool to be around that atmosphere again yeah you know it's a good it. tournament when people have to bust out a passport to come right. to your tournament. <laughs> right <laughs> um but yeah so anybody who is interested in playing buffalo chicken to open um the next one is going to be vintage and then he, rob did announce this week that he are switching it to full proxy again mm-hmm yeah, which, so, I, mean, I feel like is the right call, especially for vintage. Like, and everybody has like their own ways of making their power proxies. Like, I have a stack of uh, World Championship Toronto blanks that I have been using for my proxies, um, and Miranda's been helping me make those. Where the I hell have. did you get a hold of those? TCG player. <laughs> Um, they normally go for about like three to four dollars a piece. I found 18 of them for a buck fifty. I bought all of them I could. Yeah, I mean it works. Yeah. Um, but like because you know, I, I married a legitimate artist, so she's helped me do a couple of boxing, a lotus so far. Um, and then eventually she's gonna help me like get a full set of power plus. And I am so excited for the first tournament where I can break those out. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. That's gonna be dope. That's that's gonna be exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, my my Buffalo Chicken Dip legacy this time around was a lot less successful on the playing front. Um, I ended up dropping it one and two. Uh, round one, I played against Death Shadow after crashing on the guy's couch for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of rolled him over a little bit. Um, had a super grindy match against Naya Depths. Mm-hmm. Um, like super back and forth. It was one of the Toronto guys, and it was it was a blast. Like I lost, but it was super back and forth the entire time. So I couldn't couldn't really complain about it. Yeah. Uh, and then I played against Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Game one, he won the die roll. 
put two big idiots into play in turn one. And if I drew a Caracas in my top two cards, I could have still won the game. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did not. Mm. Uh, game two, I had a turn two containment priest in response to uh, their animate dead. And then they didn't have an answer for it. Um, and then game three, um, look at my opening seven, completely unplayable. Opening six, completely unplayable. Five, unplayable. Draw four. Okay. These are two lands and two spells. But I'm not winning if my opponent has literally anything. I have to hard mulligan for Leyline here. Mm -hmm. I mulligan to two, keep Leyline, Aether Vial. My draw for my first turn is a land. I play it, play the Vial, pass. And then my opponent plays the one of the two Serenities that he still had in his deck. So I died. That's so brutal. <laughs> um, but on the bright side, after lunch was over, because um, for coverage, it was Joe Dyer from MTG Goldfish. He was on every single round. And then for the first four rounds of the event, um, Anurag, also Anzid on Twitch and tw Twitter and everywhere, uh, he was remoting in. He put aside like six hours of his day to help do coverage. Well, they needed other people to start filling in. So I ended up doing coverage on rounds five and six, and then the semifinals and the finals. Mm -hmm. um, I know Eric Mapson, um, he was on for round seven, and I is escaping me the last guy who did the quarterfinals, but it was a lot of fun to just be on the coverage for it. Um, just being able to talk about legacy, interact with, uh, interact with Joe for the first time in person ever. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely something I'm going to try to do again, honestly, because I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, it seemed like you were having a good time with it. And I think that's, you know, it, it's like what we're doing here. You yeah. know, it's, we, the whole point of this this podcast that we're doing was we would go and we would play at our LGSs and then we would sit and talk about it afterwards, either in the store and then when they finally kicked us out, then we would sit by our stand by our cars and sit there and talk. And I mean, there were hours that we would get into that and like yep, we would be there until three thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the connection, it's the gathering portion of the game. You know, that, you know, during, like, especially during quarantine and COVID and all that shit, it's, it's what a, a lot of people missed. Yep. The huge part, you know? Um, so I, I think having the community, you know, seeing that, being, being able to go there and see it and be a part of it was awesome. And it's just another form of that, you know, being able to voice, not necessarily just opinions or anything. I mean, I know I'm going to have my own takes and shit on stuff, but like being able to start honing the craft of like talking mm -hmm. is uh, that's fucking cool, man. Like that was my thing. Like I wasn't able to listen to you during, but they had it up there. You know, you can find the, uh, the, the videos and stuff of it. And I went through it. And I was listening to it. And it was great. You know, definitely some things where, 
you might be able to work on this or that. But again, like you said, that was the first time you sat down with Joe and interacted with him in person. You know, these we listen to we listen to sport, you know, sports casters and stuff, and they you know, the color commentator and shit like that. These people have been working in the booth for a long time. So it yep. was it was great to see you in there. You, you could tell you were starting to get comfortable with it. And I, I thought it was really cool, you know, to do that. Like, I, I don't think, I don't know if I'll be able to get in the booth because I personally don't feel like I have the knowledge to back up, back up and like know all the things, but I think you're like perfect for it. So if you're going for it, I'm down, bro. I'll support you 100%. Appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah, well, that's. I'm just looking forward to seeing more and more of it. Yeah, it'd be great. For sure. I mean, we still want you to go and win, but yeah, you know, when when it's nice to have the fallback. When you want to pass off the winning to other other people, (laughs) go ahead and just talk about what they do. Okay. (laughs) I mean, hey, and especially with like the buffalo chicken dips too. I have the great backup plan of either I'm going to do well in the tournament or I can hop on coverage. Mm-hmm. I get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's awesome. You know, being and and the fact that it's open, it's open to do that. I'm not saying anyone's going to go up there and like be able to hop on and say, you know, they, they have at least somewhat of a reputation to, to kind of hold up, but like, yeah. it, you know, that they, they trust you to go up there and, you know, not make a fool out of yourself and what they're yeah, building. At least no more than I usually do. That's fair. Yeah. A little bit of a fool. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what we like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was great, you know, and I, I thought, I thought that was well, I just thought the whole tournament was great. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the downside. Okay, y- yes, I could have prized out. It is what it is. The downside besides that was I was in line to get my tacos a little late, so the toppings I didn't really get all of them. Okay, sure. That's, <laughs> but the fact that that was an option for me to be upset about is talking about first world problems. Yeah, right. still way better. <laughs> But that, I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a great turnout as well. There was what 98 players, 98 players. Yep. And it looked like it was a pretty good spread of, of decks for the most part. I'm yeah. There was, there's a lot of different options out there. Like there was a lot of decks with only like one, two or three people on it. There wasn't yeah. anything like super dominating the room, which is great. Yeah. I mean, I see that. There was there still was eleven Grixis Delver, which sure. Seven four color Euro control, seven Jeskai control, six Death Shadow, six Remite Depths, five Painter, four Taxes, four Lance, four Yorian Xena. And then the rest is just gonna be random. Sure. It's yep. like I, I didn't play against the same thing out of seven rounds. I mean, I know that's not like a huge um huge like bit of like data and stuff but i thought that was great for me you know yeah um yeah was, i i can't i just wish i could go to the vintage one um unfortunately i'm committed out of town that weekend uh when is it uh the vintage open is going to be september 30th um 
the signups are live right now, I believe. Um, full proxy, so everybody get in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was dope. I think the vintage stuff will be interesting. I've, I've never really, like, looked at stuff. I know a couple of us were starting to look into things and kind of get some, like, proxies and shit ready. So I was like, well, I guess I'll hop on the train and kind of right around when I was on the fence, I saw a vintage goblins list. So, uh, so in, yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. I just got to find that, uh, that picture again. Yeah, Cause turns out you can play a lot of busted cards in vintage goblins, like skull clamp. Yeah. That's, I mean, not even, again, not, not even what I was looking at. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, fine, you can just cast Muxes on turn one. I mean, yeah, you could do that too. That's that's different stuff that you could do. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ridiculous shit that you can get away with in that format. It really is. I mean, I just, I just remember playing Goblin Recruiter when I thought it was like a thing that you could really do. Um, I want to play that card again. I don't blame you. Yeah, the cards are really real good. It's silly. I just remember reading it and be like, "How how do you lose?" You know, and usually then, you don't. Yeah, I found out. Well, then when the first time I read the card, mm-hmm. you know, and then I I remember that other people are doing even bro- more broken things. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know. I mean, that's why it works as a format because you're not the only person just breaking it in half. Yeah, True. fair enough. Fair enough. But so. but there there are a lot of cards that uh, that you will be able to play in vintage that are on the ban list and legacy and modern. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of two days ago, there are two less cards on those ban lists. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are recording this on August 9th. On the seventh, we had a unbanning in modern and an unbanning in legacy. Uh, Whoa! The, the unbanning in modern, a lot less splashy, but preordain is now legal. Uh, this is the first cantrip to come off. Um, you could s- potentially, we might eventually see ponder. We will never see Cataxian Pro, but it's all I know. But preordain is legal. <laughs> and then the real exciting one is actually in Legacy. Mind's Desire is unbanned after 20 years on the list. It's just kind of crazy. The fastest ever banned card because it was banned before it released. It was actually banned six days. I had the dates wrong. It mm. So... It was banned six days after the card was available to play. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it's just absolutely insane. Well, the article I read did say it was the fastest ever banned card. It was. Yeah. Just, it only took six days. Yeah. That's incredible. Because, uh, like, the reason that, like, Mind Desire was so busted when it first came out, though, Legacy was a different animal 20 years ago. Because now, when you look at the format, it's like, all right, cool. We have this creature deck, this creature deck, this creature deck, this deck that plays creatures and spells, this control deck that wins with creatures. Creatures and removal are staples in the format. There are a lot of very powerful creatures, a lot of really good removal. 
And then it makes for a lot of interaction. Wasn't always like that. For a long, long time in Legacy, the only cards that were worth playing were ones that drew more cards, made mana, killed your opponent. Mm-hmm. Turns out all of those are really good with Mind's Desire. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at a point where like spells were king. Um, there was like if you were playing a creature, okay, you can have a three mana two two with downside. And that's the best creature you had in your deck. Like it looking back on it, I wish I could have played Legacy during that time just to try it. But I'm kind of glad that I got in when creatures were actually a thing. I I remember going back and uh, watching some of the like old, old pro tours. Like when, um, like Randy Bueller was winning with Necropotence. And he's like, that's a card that used to be legal. Yeah, the Pump Knight was, you know, what he called the Pump Knight was like the best creature in his deck. Mm -hmm. It was like a 2 2 that you could pay two to give it one more power. You had to win the game somehow. Yeah. Um, so Mind Desire, there are a couple of people, eh, a couple of people already trying to play it. I know Reed Duke ended up going 4-0 in the prelim on Monday night playing high tide. God. And it was like it's like one of his favorite decks of all time is high tide. And now he can actually play it, and he went 4-0 with it, which is insane to me. But I really want to play this list, because don't, I also really like let, High Tide. Don't let that man play High Tide. He'll just... Like, don't let High Tide be good so that man can play it and just, like, take everything over. And then every tournament you go to, there's going to be 8 million High Tide players that don't know how to play High Tide. And you're just going to sit there and want to shoot yourself. Just being like, I'd rather be anywhere else in the world except right here, right now. On the bright side, struggle though, through this. On the bright side, Mind Desire speeds up the clock a lot in that deck. Because turns out, you can just exile the top 15 cards of your deck. And then hit another Mind Desire and do it again. And then your deck is gone. But then you have access to every spell in your deck. So you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about all these cantrips and everything. You just have kill in hand. Or, well, technically an exile, but you just have a kill. It's over there somewhere. It's 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 floating around. It's in a different window on Moto. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see how Mind Desire works in give it like three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's hyped on it right now. Like Magic Online is going to be nothing but combo and combo hate for the next, like, three weeks. Yeah. I want to see if this card's actually still seeing play in a month. Because everybody's always hyped about the new toy they get to play with. Like, and I'm, people realize it's not as fun. To I don't with. know. That doesn't sound like Magic players. No, never. And people definitely weren't complaining the whole entire band and restricted announcement either. Because Magic players never do that. No. Well, I'm I'm interested um, because one of our LGSs has legacy coming up next Wednesday. So I'm curious mm-hmm. of how many people will be trying to jam it. 
Yeah, I might I might try to come out for that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna come out there with Eidolons and every Eidolon like effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's and we're talking about Eidolon of the Great Revelled, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although I will be honest, if all if the, the proxies if the proxies that we ordered come in by Wednesday next week, I'm playing the new legacy deck that I ordered. <laughs> I picked I got all the proxies for World Gorger Dragon combo. Oh God! Because uh, I'm a bad person, you know. It happens. Uh, but I've always loved that deck, and now that's actually we playable friends. in Legacy. <laughs> Real nice. Um. Okay, so we talked about Legacy. We said preordain is unbanned as well. I feel obviously every banning, unbanning, and stuff. We don't get unbans a lot. Which, is, which I like that it's happening. I feel like they could have done more. They and that's, that's not just me wanting the cards that I've played to be unbanned. Um, I, I definitely get the, you know, magic is 100% in a different place than when certain cards are banned and stuff. So seeing like Mind's Desire come off, seeing preordain come off is kind of wild because like i honestly i didn't really think preordain was available kind of a thing mm-hmm. um i know orchestra Bowmasters masters has played i know the one ring has played a lot like there's there's definitely this stuff um i'm just sitting here kind of like all right when are we getting faithless looting back because that's my baby <laughs> As much as I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, I don't think that one's coming off. But, I mean, my thing is, so they're talking about, oh, well, you know, things have changed, all this stuff, like, you know, the, the, the formats have changed. and Endurance is the number eight played most card in modern. Mm-hmm. And now Orcish Bowmaster is five right now. And that it's both those cards affect that card. Chalice is number one, which is fucking ridiculous, by the way. Which I have to go find my second play set and probably push that because they're fifty something dollars right now. But I digress. Um I mean, I would love to see it. It died for Hogak Sins. Because they were pussies and didn't just fucking ban Hogak. <laughs> just shot the yeah. head off, like take the whole thing out, but whatever. Um <clears throat> that's that that would be my hope. But I think in a more serious thing, I'm not gonna talk about Popper because Popper does their whole own thing, which is I'm fully expecting one, maybe two cards to get hit when Popper when they decide to do their thing. Um I think their reasoning for pioneer now again i haven't played it minus the one time a couple months ago it's just seen thing like seeing people talk about it and seeing results and everything i could have seen them hitting something i'm kind of disappointed they didn't i don't have much of a, a much of a dog in that race though hmm. you know i i think i'm more so in in it for more shakeups, but again, like I understand 
what could they have hit? And I'm, I'm mostly looking, unfortunately, at Mono Green, I guess, in Pioneer. I know we talked about it slightly before. What could they have hit from that to kind of hold it back? But I also feel like in the past, how they, hey, we took the top deck, we took a card from them. We also had to hit something from the second deck too, which would be Rakdos. Hmm. I could have seen them hitting a card from both of those decks, and that would have piqued my interest more in Pioneer. Now that nothing was hit, I think I'm fine with that. You yeah, know? So, so a lot of the things that people were complaining about the most, especially, especially on Twitter, um, or sorry, X, whatever the hell they're calling it now. Yeah. Um, the thing that people are complaining about the most, both leading up to and after the bands, was people were calling for bands in both Modern and Pioneer. And a lot of people kind of lost their shit when nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But the way that I look at it, because like you guys know me, I will play any deck if it's good. Yeah. So like I'm not married to a certain play style or a certain deck or a certain color combination or anything like that. So a lot of times when I look at a format, I look from a pure format health perspective. Mm. Like, is there a deck that is the only thing to play? Or is it just there is a best deck? Because mm. let's be honest, every format will have a best deck. Yep. That's just how things work. Because if you take away the best deck, then the second best deck is now the best deck. And if you take that away, then the third best deck is the best deck. Yeah. You, you can't make it so there's not a best deck in the format. There's just not. You can just make possible. it as close as you can between one and two. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or one through five. You know, or one yeah, through If you can hit like a one through five are all super consistent, that is one of the healthiest formats you've ever played in your goddamn life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I definitely noticed a lot of people complaining about with like the unbans, especially it's like, Oh, that's it. Like, why didn't they unban more? Because they didn't want to break anything. They unbanned these cards because they were safe to unban, mm-hmm. but there's people calling for like unban, like six cards at once and see what happens. It's like, no, because that's the yeah, kind of thing that, much. that's the kind of thing that happens. And then people don't play magic. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I definitely get, and and not that I'm one of the people like saying let's let's do it all, let's try and switch too many things at once. I just think, I think unbanning is is cool. I think it's I think it's interesting. I'm I guess I'm more interested in now that Wizards has come out and said, hey, we're only going to do these announcements at these point in times. Like, when's the next one? Um, so the next one is going to be in, it's, I believe, three weeks after each standard set drops. So for this one, it's going to be like beginning of October, I think. Okay. So like, I guess that's not as bad as what I originally thought it was. I mean, we're only a few months from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, at least then you know they can see they can get some some info some leagues and stuff and i mean there's still paper events going on if they can go from there and then maybe they unban something maybe not this next one maybe the one after that or two after that or something like that i i I like the idea of 
unbannings. I mean, letting people play the cool cards that they want to play. I totally yeah. get it. You because know, without this being broken. Like unbannings don't have to completely shake up a format either. Yeah. The the best way to do an unbanning is to give a tool to a deck or an archetype or anything like that that is struggling or fill a hole that is missing. Yeah. yeah. There hasn't been it's almost good... there, but not quite, yeah. you know. Like in modern, it's... there hasn't been a good cantrip deck since Gifts Storm was an actual playable deck yeah. four years ago. Like people are playing their cantrips in Murktide, but Reordain doesn't just instantly replace playing Opt or playing Consider. Yeah. Because being an instant is very relevant in that deck. You're holding up spell yes. pairs, you're holding up counter spell. Like tapping out on your turn two for a cantrip is a lot worse when your opponent's now knowing, oh, I don't have to play around counterspell. Mm-hmm. I so, just, I, with that, it's, I feel like Murktide was still a deck. Like it gives them, it gives them something that, cause, and the reason I guess we're bringing that up is because they mentioned that specifically in their reasonings, like, Hey, we get, we wanted to give something back to this deck yeah. in modern, you know? <laughs> And I feel like, I, of course, there's some exaggeration in my head, and I'm not a blue player, so I'm trying to put those things aside. But I feel like in the past, I'm going to say two years, we've gotten a lot of different cantrips and stuff that have gone, That it's just these the redundant cards that have been coming in that make these decks so consistent, which is also a part of why they don't want things like why pioneer doesn't have the fetch lands because that's too consistent and they want to have more of the variance in there. It's just like another card that kind of does the same thing, slightly different. See, but it's the slightly different is what's going to be able to actually help fuel other cantrip archetypes. Yeah. Like being able to play preordain will help the combo decks more than it'll mm. help the Merktide decks. Yeah. Because if you're able to look at three cards when you're going through and using it as a combo finding card is a lot better than playing with opt or with consider. In yeah. Murktide specifically, I would rather play Consider and Opt because I can hold up my counter spells. I can hold up my interaction. Yeah. If you're passing the turn with an island up in your combo deck, we both know you're casting a cantrip off of it. Yeah. So giving the like the storm decks another count another cantrip, or giving the grinding station decks another good cantrip, those are the kind of things that they wanted to kind of push a little bit more. Because it is a relatively safe unban. Like, it's not going to come in and break the format. Like, they didn't yeah. unban Oko. But it gives another tool to something that was lacking. In Legacy, spell-based combo decks have been dead for a while. Mm-hmm. So now, like, give them Mind's Desire. It's not a crazy busted card. There are things that people actively are playing that can deal with a Mind's Desire. And you don't really have to worry about 
it just coming in and destroying the format because there's not an existing good spell combo deck mm-hmm. that's already running rampant. So they're able to give it another tool to add it back into the metagame, hopefully. Yeah. Because let's be honest, when's the last time you played against Storm? Probably I mean, been a probably been a while. Uh, every time we've gone to our uh, to every two week LGS, I compared against the same guy playing Storm. Well, are they playing Storm? Or are they playing Doomsday? They're playing Storm, and then I play against the Doomsday guy too. It's well, in that case, he's the one man. outlier. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's what. That's why I laugh because. You know, I'm I'm not supposed to win against these decks that I get played against <laughs> them all the damn time. No, I I, I, I totally get that. You know, I, I think like I said, I think the Mind's Dire thing is cool. When I'll be annoyed with it is like if I go next Wednesday and like I play against kind of like Luke said, if I play against two like high tide players that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm just going to be bored and annoyed as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have yeah, this dip- is, as somebody who played a combo. He didn't fully understand on Sunday playing against somebody. who doesn't fully understand their combo is a giant. Oh yeah. Pain oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I fully admit that. Like I said, as the guy playing the deck, <laughs> eight different combos in them. And I understood about two of them. Yeah. And I tried to combo off on one of the other six. I know it could be aggravating. Yeah. It was aggravating being the one doing it. Yeah. This is our uh, our PSA to goldfish your cards more. Yes. There's nothing wrong yeah. with sitting there and goldfishing. Like when I was playing Dredge hardcore, I was playing in front, like just goldfishing all the fucking time because I wanted that be have a speed to it, a cadence to it. So that when we got there and we, I started playing when the timer was actually on, like I wasn't going to be searching for my cards in my, in my graveyard or stuff, you know, or sitting there. It's like, okay, what order do I want to do this in? Yeah. 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 So I, I think that's, it's a great thing, but, but I, so yeah, like getting back to this, I, I think, I think legacy, legacy is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I think modern will be interesting. Obviously, we're going to see a, a spike in preordained because it hasn't been, you couldn't play it. So now people want to try it out. And, you know, we're going to see the four ofs. And I saw, I just looked through some lists while we were sitting there chatting, and I saw four threes and twos in different lists. Um, yeah, people are experimenting. People are figuring out sure. what they want to play. Yeah, absolutely. So I I would love to see some more stuff come off. I could see some more stuff go on the lists. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's bad for like a shakeup here and there. Um, do I know exactly what would fix things? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, if, it, if the formats were how I wanted this, blue wouldn't be played pretty much at all <laughs> yeah, dom would ban everything that makes blue mana <laughs> dom would ban island uh i mean maybe unless it's like you just deal with your artifact shit because that's stuff's cool but not like kci garbage but i mean kci needed to die yeah yeah so like stuff like that can stay stay on the list 100 percent um i look i applaud them for bringing stuff off i think it's cool um 
But again, if it's in October, like you said, we'll kind of be having the same conversations then. You know, I don't know what's it'll be interesting coming from then if they shake up Pioneer before Dream, like that close to DreamHack. Yeah, if if they are planning on a modern or on a Pioneer change, um, like. I'm fully still expecting eventually for either Karn or Nykthos and Fable to get banned. Just because, I, like, they're, they have been consistently at the top of the format for a yeah. long time. And I I feel like as soon as one Karn or Nykthos gets hit, the it's going to be the Fable is hit at the same exact time. Because yep. you have to neuter both the other deck if you hit the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I will be honest. I am fully expecting that to happen. Because those two cards and like those two decks are a significant bit above the rest of the format. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they're unbeatable. Yeah. Like you can I still that. Luke did prove that. <laughs> but like if you're sitting there and you're playing mono green and then your opponent is playing blue white spirits, that's a very bad matchup for mono green. Or if you're sitting there and you're playing Rakdos. All right, cool. My opponent went mountain, one drop, mountain, double one drop, burn, 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 I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't able to resolve my shield red. This thought seed sucks. Yeah. Like, there are uh, there are ways to take advantage of the, the shortcomings of these two decks. Like, yeah. But they are still consistently putting up results. That being said, I I'm not too surprised that they didn't do anything this week. For the simple reason that the RCQ season goes until the 20th. Yeah. And right. the last thing that they would want to do is, oh yeah, you've been trying to grind out this season. Uh well, you need to find a deck in the next three days for the event that is your last shot. Good luck. Yeah. That's fair. I think that's a good point. There'd be a lot of feel bads with that. Yeah. There there would be. It would yeah. ruin a lot of people's RCQ season. Um, but then if you ban in October, all right. We have the entire month of October and the entire month of November and a half of December. Yeah. You have 10 weeks to figure out what new pioneer looks like in time for the RC. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not going to surprise me if there are bans or Honestly, even unbanned and pioneer. I could see some things coming off that list. I don't think it's going to. Um, I know David Lance has been calling for uh, Looter Scooter to get unbanned for forever. I love that card. <clears throat> that was the last stuff I played in Pioneer. Yeah, like I loved it. That it, deck was I, fun as hell. I think it could definitely come off the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there, I, I figure there will be some kind of shakeup. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but like I was telling, uh, like I was telling Lance the other day, it's like, yeah, I, if the format is how it is now, I'm walking in mono green. Yeah, but you know damn well as I do, if there is another good deck in the format, I'm registering that because mm-hmm. I'm going to give myself the best chance to win that tournament. Yeah. You're, uh... Yeah. So there's at least one more standard set coming out before then. There's going to be a BNR update. Is there anything other than standard sets going into Pioneer? I don't think so. Right. 
No, stand pioneers just standard. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's have, two chances have, for that format to get shaken up. Yeah. Yeah. Before then. And I, I, th- I think a shakeup would be good. I could see I would like a bigger shakeup in modern, personally. Again, I don't really go play it, but like hmm. I you know, oh hey, I'm not doing anything on this Friday. Oh, I could go and play modern. Uh, do I really want to go and play against this soup pile and this and this and the no, it's kind of look, the decks kind of look all the same almost. Like I can see a shake up. Who knows? Is yeah, it the I'll, elementals? I don't know. And I'll be honest though, after watching the Pro Tour, it's like, yes, there's a lot of scam. There's a lot of Tron. But at the same time, if you look at any Pro Tour ever, yes, all the best players on this team are going to end up on deck A. Yeah, and all the best players in this team are going to end up on deck B. Oh yeah, because they had twelve people in a house for a week or more, deciding what the best chance is, and then they all play the same seventy-five. Yeah. Well, then also on those teams, they have like a big, you know, like you said, a big ten or twelve guys on the team. There's only like two or three of them that are actually building the deck. Yeah. Everybody else is doing what they're told, and everybody else is like, "Okay, you're our deck builder. I'm going to play your deck." So yes, any any pro tour you look at, the numbers are going to be different, like from a normal like NRG style event or a Friday Night Magic event. But watching the gameplay, it's like yes, Lord of the Rings super powered the format a little bit with the One Ring, the Lighted Halfling, and Bowmasters. But there wasn't really a deck that just dominated everything. Mm-hmm. They all had very good ways to interact with each other or not interact, depending on what the deck is. Yeah. And I I honestly think that Modern's in a good spot. I was very worried going into the Pro Tour that it was just going to be degenerate format. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think it's in a good spot. There's going to be a lot of room for like people to adapt to the top couple of decks. There's going to be a lot of room for people to start playing more interactive decks. Like, if you don't put that many, like, very good players on Tron, then, like, the Omnath decks would have been a lot better, too, which would have made Scam a lot worse. Like, there's there's so many different, like, week-to-week meta shifts that could happen, which is not something that's really been a thing in Modern since probably when Splinter Twin was around, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Splinter Twin was always there, and it was always, like, a solid percentage of the field. But everything around it would always shift based on, like, how much artifact hate are people playing? Okay, that makes Affinity better or makes Affinity worse. So this matchup for Affinity gets better or worse. And then all of these different decks just mashed into each other, and the format would shift all the time. I feel like Modern's in that spot for the first time in a lot of years. And I think that it's actually relatively healthy mm-hmm. which is not something that i've said about modern in a while so no, I, you I, couldn't. Think, I think modern is the format in the least need of changes it's interesting <clears throat> who knows people get paid a lot more money than us to uh figure that out yeah as in they get paid money 
Yeah. We don't. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into it because I feel like we're probably wrapping up here soon, but I think it's worth mentioning. Um, might get into it more in our next episode too, is the huge announcements that they had for the new, like the road ahead kind of a thing. Oh, I figured we'd have an entire episode on all that stuff. Yeah. So basically, uh, TLDR, they talked about till 2024, 2025 kind of a thing. Yep. Uh, we are getting Final Fantasy cards and Fallout cards and Assassin's Creed cards. Mm-hmm. Plus a... I mean, okay. So those, whatever. <sighs> I'm holding back talking about too much getting into it. Well, it's cool. I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll do it this way. Dun, dun, dun. Next time on the Pre-Game right. Effect podcast. <laughs> the Cowboy set looks dope, though. I'm always down for a Cowboy set. Down for some rooting, tooting, cowboy shooting? That's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. I want there to be a red deck, and I can play my 20 mountains in a fucking standard event and just be, what's the deck name? Rootin' tootin' cowboy shooting. Send. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we will definitely go into the all the different set announcements and everything that they did at Gen Con. We'll do that next episode. So come back in two weeks. We'll have a full hour, hour and a half that we'll talk about all that stuff. I'll give my opinion on how I, what I think about all the universes beyond stuff and We'll we'll ramble and rant as we always do. <laughs> oh yeah, make all sorts of predictions and maybe maybe one of them will come true, but yeah. not likely. Yeah. <laughs> so from now for all of us here at the pregame effect, y'all have a good rest of the night. Bye everybody. See you.